Hi guys, this is episode 3 of season 3 of The Holistic Connection. We thank you for your feedback, we thank you for loving us, we thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends, your loved ones, your colleagues. Your love is the reason we keep doing what we do. Well, we hope you're learning and, and learning along with me and Loch Iaga from Sana Initiative, who is talking to us today about grief and pain and loss. And you know, I've been thinking, just listening um, to my friend, Loch, that grief and pain, they can be great teachers if you don't run away from the opportunity to sit with that emotion, to tune in and to see where that experience can take you. So welcome back. Loch, it's good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. You often hear people go like, like, what is wrong with this person? The person died two years ago. And the reason I ask is, I always see that mental struggle with friends that have lost somebody. It's almost like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I be normal again? You can see it and you can see the pain. And it's also very easy to see that it's because of these outside voices, these mm. external you know, pressures and forces. For Because it's so normal. We've normalized how we handle it, for the lack of a better way to put it. Mm. Or sort of the standard of how we should handle it, mm. which is... Like we said earlier, person is dead, bury them, go to work on Monday. Next. 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 And so, you know, the younger people that are trying to do the work, you know, this generation that seems to be more hungry and soaking in information and doing work on self, you can see that struggle. Is there a timeline to grieving? Is there a timeline to loving? I'd like to know. I don't think there's a timeline to loving someone. People usually say, oh, I fell in love with this person. And then after a couple of years, they're no longer together. And you're like, you ask them what happened. They're like, we fell out of love. You don't fall out of love. Fell out of love? <laughs> That's love is not something you fall into and fall out of. You know? Yeah. There's no timeline to loving. Yeah. Because I was going to say true love, but what's not true love? <laughs> love is love. Love is you appreciate character traits of a person. You admire the beauty of the person because, again, beauty is subjective. True. And you love who the person is. That is something you cannot touch. How they make you feel. Yeah. That is something you cannot touch. Even when you feel that how, you still can't touch it. Sometimes you can't even put words to it. Yeah. If that is what love is, then once you love, there's no unloving. Mm, that is true. The love that you feel for this person, whether it's your parents, your guardians, your siblings, your friends, your relatives. Mm. Even when someone asks you, why do you love them? You're like, I don't know. I can't put a finger on it. I can't put a finger I don't I just know. do. Because mm. you love, you love who they are and we are souls can't touch souls. That's why you can't lose soul. Grieve them because we don't see them, but we haven't lost the love. It's still there. Now, there's no timeline yeah. to grieving. 
the more the expression of love is silenced because it doesn't have where to go. Mm. So Fouquet's get silenced is just there. It won't necessarily die out, but it will only be brought back to life only when you remember of something about this person. But hopefully in a beautiful way. Hopefully in a beautiful way, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, and sometimes they say it doesn't get easier, mm. we get stronger. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's also another way of saying it doesn't go away, it gets quiet, you know? Just because you did not think about them today doesn't mean you've stopped loving them. Or doesn't mean you now you have grieved and that's over. Mm. It's just quiet. The moment you remember something about them, you'll feel something. Yes. But it won't be as harsh and poignant and painful as it was the first few days. It's fresh, that you is know? And also when it comes to grief, we have seven stages, five, ten stages of grief. Five or seven, I think. And it's never a linear line. It's not something that it's on step one, mm. step two, mm. step three, step one, denial, step three, step no. Mm. For some people, it, they go from step seven to step six to step 12, I mean to two. <laughs> and then sometimes you can't even find the right words. Even when it comes to mental health, yeah. by the way, even when it comes to our emotions, grief is the most complex of all. And people sometimes, we tend to think that we only grieve when things are difficult, when, we've, when someone has passed, has died. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we also grieve friendships that are no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You grieve someone's presence that is no more. When my sister got married, I lived with her in the same house. She gets married. Um, you know, she's younger than me, but to some extent, I felt like she, she was the, the boss lady of everything. Now, she gets married, she leaves, and everything in the house changes. Everything within me being in the house felt different. I missed her so much. I still do. But the first year was the most difficult. I would feel shame sometimes. Shame because, because I would ask myself, like, why are you sad that she's not here? Mm. Yet you should be happy that she was now married. And, and I knew I felt both happy mm. and proud. And, you know, she's married. She's, she's going to do a lie to start a life of her own, a family of her own and all these things. And I'm a happy sister, a happy human being. But at the same time, I, I miss coming home to her and being like, ah, you know. This and this happened. Where have you been? What have you done? Have you eaten? Have you done this? Have you done that? I have a story for you. Let's sit and laugh. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And the, that first year was, was very difficult. Until I realized, oh my God, I, I miss her. I was used to a certain way of living with her. Yeah. And I don't have it anymore. So now the transition between from what I used to have with her to learning to live without her mm-hmm. felt uncomfortable and mm-hmm. that uncomfort was painful also because I could not place it because of the shame around it yeah you know how could you feel bad mm-hmm. and then I'm like but sort of like you don't you have don't the right to feel the right way. to feel this way yeah and I had to allow myself to feel that way mm-hmm. and be like oh, it's okay that I miss her yeah it's okay that I wish she was here yeah at the same time 
sem in the same minute in the same second i am extremely happy and proud yeah. of her and for her yeah. so those two things? two things can cohabit we have the capacity to hold space for both exactly feel very proud and very happy mm. but also feel very sad because of the presence that is mm-hmm. no more mm-hmm. grieving the loss of that mm-hmm. why would you say that taught you the biggest lesson you learned going through that i think the thing that he really taught me the most is that grief is not necessarily should not be or is not necessarily attached to pain um you can grieve something that you so willingly let go of yeah yeah <laughs> and still feel bad that you let go of it but still proud that you actually mm. let go of it yeah so it's this whole uh, concept or perception of grief equals bad loss yeah bad pain and learning that and i'm learning that is difficult yes but then again i'm learning all the things that we have to unlearn in life requires first for ourselves to give ourselves permission because it's one thing to be uh, to be shamed by other people and it's something different to self shame right mm-hmm. it's something to be stigmatized by other people it's different to self stigmatize how even dare say it's harder to unlearn that that you've inflicted on yourself because mm-hmm. there's that voice that is inside of you mm-hmm. the outer voices you can say i'm going to step away from this mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i want to spend time with myself keep the bad voices out mm-hmm. but when it's from within that yeah. has got to be heard yeah mm-hmm. um it's also understanding where that came from mm-hmm. when did you start self shaming yeah you know Why do you would you self shame when it comes to this particular thing? What does it mean? Yeah. So sitting with that pain, that discomfort. Yes. One of the tools that I use on a personal level is to write. I journal. I put things down. Some people will call it journaling, others will call it mind dumping, others will call it ideas dumping or reflecting <laughs> or whatever. Um but it helps to sit with it not escaping from it um if you want to escape from it you can but uh until when you know there has to be a realization of the fact that you can run all you want but you won't hide forever you know so no letter is going to catch up with you yeah and the earlier you sit with it the better because the hole is you haven't dug deeper and deeper and deeper mm-hmm. yeah you know mm. so you know sitting with it meditating praying all those are spiritual ways of of communicating to the higher being to god finding the time to connect with your inner self yeah see because we're so used to escapism to running away we end up not even listening to that to, to, to our inner selves Again, that's another thing. People will call it the Holy Spirit. Others will call it the inner person. Others will call it the intuition, the, the God feeling, the, <laughs> all those things. But we have all the information that we need within us. Just because you have read all these books 
and there's this other person who's never who doesn't even know how to read and write if this person is really so tuned to themselves you might find that they have some sort of balanced life yeah. than you have that's true when you've actually consumed all these all information the and how they all these resources right? and everything yeah but it's one thing to learn all these things it's another thing to sit and really connect to our inner our inner person yeah they have all the information yeah. you know and the subconscious mind holds all this information and when you're trying to find out when did i start being f- afraid of this when you sit longer and longer yeah it's right there within you you'll be reminded of a point in time or a very stupid silly situation that happened that was registered in your subconscious as danger but because you thought it was silly and stupid you didn't even think it was dangerous mm-hmm. your subconscious mind because your brain's main function is to protect you registered it as danger and now you've never been the same person ever again yeah but you can only know that if you really sit with yourself go to the next layer yeah. and the yeah. next one mm-hmm. and the next one mm-hmm. and the next one it, it's hard work lord grieving or just embracing the fact that your sister was no longer in your space taught you and you said that grieving doesn't necessarily have to be attached to pain yeah which is so powerful and i hope that you know that was for somebody because I, <laughs> i definitely know that was for me yeah and, But, and 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 to add on to that yeah. at, at least the way in which i was i told it to myself was more of i am grieving the absence yes which we should all embrace you know, like not anything else yeah. it's just the fact that it's it's that absence that gap we hope that you learned something i certainly have thanks guys we'll Thank talk you. soon